Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics on today's show. We'll recap the Badgers' loss to Ohio State, kind of break down what went wrong, maybe some, try to take some positives uh, from Saturday's loss, get into kind of what happened in that contest in the front half of the show. In the back half, we'll continue our position preview review um, of the 2020 season as you get towards 2021. We'll talk about the safety position. I think it's a, a position of great strength for Wisconsin going into next year, and then it could only hopefully uh, be a little bit better with the return of, of the likes of Reggie Pearson. I know we talked about that a little bit over the last week, uh, week and a half or so. So that's an interesting spot for the Badgers. We'll get into all that, and uh, hopefully we'll keep the mood as upbeat as possible despite a very tough weekend for all Wisconsin sports fans with the Wisconsin basketball loss and the Green Bay Packers loss in the NFC Championship game. I know we are both probably a little down in the dumps from that, but uh, such is life as a Wisconsin sports fan. So, Matt, how are you this Monday afternoon? Yeah, water is wet and Wisconsin sports teams let you down. Um, but uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm ready to talk a little a little Wisconsin football and basketball. It's with uh, you know both those outcomes over the weekend kind of sucky. It, it was nice to, to see that the Wisconsin football team is back for winter conditioning and, and getting that started because it lets you know that, hey, there is um, spring football on the horizon and, and uh, hopefully more opportunities here for the Wisconsin basketball team to get back on track as well. How you doing, ma'am? I'm good. Yeah, I've recovered. I, I have to say going into that Packer game, I, I thought it was going to be a little different this year, but at the same time, I, I prepared myself knowing that there was a chance that this was this was going to happen again, and in kind of the same fashion it did. It's unfortunate they both lost. I think, uh, you know, of course a Packer win would have would have healed the Wisconsin basketball loss a little bit more, and Wisconsin basketball loss would have been nice. I don't know if it'll quite here heal an NFC Championship game lost, but it is what it is. And and now it's just uh, like you said, time to move on to to other stuff. Wisconsin basketball still got plenty of opportunities to to get this thing back on track. It's kind of been. We'll talk about it here in a second. It's kind of this team, usually after a loss, comes out and plays a little bit better, two steps forward, uh, a step back with Ohio State. And, and, uh, and yeah, at least it, in one positive, Wisconsin uh, volleyball uh, looked really good over the weekend. So you, you've got that positive. You've got Wisconsin women's hockey playing well. So there's definitely still things to, to get interested in hopes for a strong postseason because who knows, right now the Green Bay Packers are just going to continue to let us down. So we got to right the ship with something else. Maybe the Milwaukee Bucks here coming up. We all know how that'll go as well. But, <laughs> I was going to say, um, that's, that's never. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to put all your eggs in, in the Milwaukee Bucks basket, but uh, it is what it is. So we'll we'll hop back into our, our Wisconsin basketball talk as we uh, try to move on from the painful weekend. But like I mentioned, you know, it seems like two steps forward. You know, you had the two nice wins, followed by a step back, uh, a game that really was just kind of ugly for Wisconsin from the get-go was – um, you know, as a player, it was just shots weren't falling. It, nothing was clicking the way they wanted it to. So what did you make of of the subpar performance from the batters on Saturday afternoon? 
Yeah, thoroughly outplayed just mm-hmm. throughout the entirety of the game. It was it actually mirrored some of the things that you saw in that Packer game where Tampa Bay was aggressive, came out firing, and took it to the Packers early. Same thing here. Ohio State was in cruise control for most of this game. They they had the advantage for over thirty eight of the or over thirty nine of the forty minutes of the game. I think it was tied for sixteen seconds. It's I mean it's. It wasn't something to where Wisconsin played, um, you know, anywhere near enough, uh, well, near well enough to to win that game. Ohio State was was making their jumpers and, and did some really good stuff. They shot fifty one percent in the first half, fifty six percent in the second half. I mean, that you and you look on the Badgers side, like sure they shot forty percent for the game, and for, oh, but a lot of that was because they shot forty six percent in the second half. They were atrocious from three. They couldn't make their free throws at a high enough clip. I mean, everything offensively for the Badgers was not working. Um, you know, I know a lot of people blame Greg Gard a lot of times for a lot of things, but Greg Gard can't go out there and make the three-pointers that are wide open. Greg Gard can't be the one to go out there and make a damn layup from within two feet. So Wisconsin, until they can remedy some of their offensive issues that they've got, this is what we're going to continue to see from this Wisconsin team because Ohio State was making their shots, and Wisconsin's defense wasn't nearly as well as good as it has been this year at times. But the offense is, is the major reason for this. There was three four-minute spurts where the Badgers um, didn't score a bucket, and that loses you games. That's, that's 12 out of the 40 minutes that you play. That's a third of your game you did not score. That you can't you can't win if that's the case. Yeah, no, that was that was really. I mean, there's a lot of things you can take from that game, but those are the those are really the big things that stand out. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're you know you're not making shots and they're just not falling, but to just go minutes and minutes and minutes, if you can at least keep it in in range and put in a couple buckets, and and maybe you're not hitting the shots you want to, but you're at least hanging tough. I mean, the first half, they kind of did that. I, I was surprised when you looked at that first half, I was surprised the margin was only, I think, at halftime, what, seven points? Yeah, only seven. It seemed like a game where they they should have probably been down 15 at that point. It just felt like a game that they were never never close in, and, and somehow they you know, limped to halftime with seven, and you thought maybe they'd come out in the second half and maybe make some adjustments, start to knock down some shots, but it just did not fall. And, and if you're not going to play, you know, the the defense has been up and down throughout the season. They've had some games where they've looked really good. They've had some games where they've looked poor. If you're not going to play great defense and you're not going to make shots, um, that that's a recipe for, for losing basketball games. I mean, you have to do at least one of the two well to keep you even in the basketball game. And, uh, they didn't really do either of those well, and, and unfortunately for them, they just kind of got beat really on all phases. I don't know if there's one necessarily a thing that you can point to and say this is why they lost. It was just a game that Wisconsin showed up, did not play as well as Ohio State, and, and really Ohio State you know deserved to win that game. It wasn't like the Badgers got unlucky or, or things weren't breaking their way. They just got kind of outclassed in, in every way you look at it. Yeah, and, and, and really like a lot of times – um, you know, loose balls are, and sometimes some, some rebounds, some different turnovers can be just happenstance and, and it's luck of the draw. But in this, I mean, Ohio State 
damn near got every loose ball in that game. Everything, anytime that there was a ball on the floor, anytime that there was a ball that, that was 50-50, Ohio State got it because they were playing harder than the Badgers. Wisconsin continues to have this, you know, sullen attitude out there, and it's it is really – it's not what you expect out of a Wisconsin team. They – Ohio State was the aggressor. Wisconsin wins when they're the aggressor. And you can look at most basketball games in the Big Ten when you have two pretty evenly matched teams. The team who wants it more and is out there um, playing hard is going to win. And Wisconsin was not the team that was playing hard. The bench was bored. The, the, there was players out there who, who once again got punched in the mouth and didn't have anything to respond with. Um, at times in that game. Uh, I mean, there's only so many times when you can turn to, to Dimitri Trice and be like, hey, win us a ball game, and he can do it. Like, that's that's not a recipe for success, and Wisconsin needs to figure out their energy problem because it just can't keep happening. That's that's a, a, a loss at home that against an Ohio State team that you could have beaten. And But now you, you look at it, this is the only time those two teams were going to play all year long, and if it comes down to a tiebreaker for seeding in a Big Ten tournament, it's going to be Ohio State getting the, the edge over them. And Wisconsin just you, – you can't have that. The, this Wisconsin team has now lost two games at home by teams that I think they should have beaten and were mm-hmm. probably a better team on paper with more experience. But they were just thoroughly outmatched, just like that Maryland game where the other team wanted it more and Wisconsin just went through the motions – and it, it's getting old to watch in a lot of ways. Yeah, it really is. I mean, this is probably, I would say, I mean, how many losses? It seems like we talk about the energy problem every loss because it's just kind of, even in some of the wins, they, they've had issues with, with energy and, and hustle and getting after stuff like loose balls and, and, and rebounding, sometimes like that. So it's, it is definitely getting frustrating. I mean, you look at with where Wisconsin's at right now, They've they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost, and now they've still got. I mean, you've got two, two road games this week with Maryland, a team that you lost to that you probably shouldn't have. You've got Penn State. Who knows where they're at as a program? But there's no easy wins in this conference right now, and you've still got a lot of tough games coming up after that. You've got Illinois twice, you've got Iowa twice, you've got Michigan again. So not only are you losing games that you probably should, you know, on paper at home against Ohio State and that team, you should win that game. Same thing with Maryland. So. Now you've got two losses in games you should have won. You're going to have to find a way to win some games that you're probably not favored to win, and, and that's going to take some improvement on the defensive end and some, some shots falling because the last few games, you know, we'll talk about it here in a second, they, that's just been uh, part of the overriding problem is the shots are falling, and, and defense has been a little suspect, and if they don't clean those up, it's going to be a rough stretch here for the Badgers as they move forward, but... Really, in, in the losses, a lot of the other losses we've talked about, interior defense kind of being the problem for this team. And in this game, you know, Ohio State doesn't necessarily have the same forwards that some of these other teams in the conference do. I mean, there's some really talented big guys in this conference. But overall, I think that the interior defense looked a little bit better. But on the offensive side of the ball, when, when they clean one thing up, another thing kind of starts to take a mess. And, and the problem was just shots were not falling. Was, was there anything to take from that? in your eyes, because I, I, you know, Greg talk, Gard talked about it a little bit in his presser today. A lot of the looks were clean, shots that he'd take again, they just weren't falling. So what do you kind of make of, of that poor shooting performance? Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing, it starts inside, where there was just so many times where they had, you know, with within arm's length of the basket and weren't able to finish. Mm-hmm. 
against a team that isn't known for, you know, just having those the dominating presence inside. Wisconsin has been soft on offense throughout the year. We haven't seen Micah Potter and Nate Reavers really be able to do much in the post, and I know that that's not necessarily their game because they're more stretched for type guys. But, but man, like, there was so many missed bunnies in there. And then you, you probably have that with the fact that they missed so many three-pointers as well. I mean, you've got Brad Davison going one of six, Micah Potter going 0 of four, and some of those shots were open. But there was other ones where it wasn't in the rhythm of their offense once again. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like if you're going to shoot 28 three-pointers, you have to make more than seven. You can't shoot 25% if that's a game um, you want the way you want to play. And that is, you know, analytically the way to play the game is to shoot more threes, and I understand that. But if they're not falling, you've got to get creative in how you can do things. And just there was no response by the Badgers. It was let's just keep trying to, to do the same thing over and over again. And it wasn't working. Well, Ohio State just killed them in the mid-range game. I mean, they were hitting jumpers left and right, and Wisconsin couldn't buy one. So, um, you know, and Brad Davison even talked about the energy problem during when he, when he was talking in with uh, the media as well today. So it's, it's something to where um, you can create your own opportunities by just hustling. And some of those missed layups, become go in when you're just trying a little bit harder when you're crashing the boards to get that extra rebound or or you're just giving an, getting an extra opportunity at the basket and Wisconsin just because of their lackadaisical nature wasn't able to do that whereas Ohio State took advantage of every situ- situation out there yeah and I think in in terms of the the, the shooting performance you, you know you talk about it there's really two different shots that, that you can take if they're open shots within the offense and they're not falling that's one thing you can, in a way, you still have to make more than what Wisconsin did on Saturday, but in a way you can kind of live with clean shots that just aren't going. That happens, that's basketball. The the shots where you're chucking it up late in the shot clock or, or, or putting up a shot that maybe there was an extra pass there that you should have made and instead of hoisting a shot that maybe wasn't, you know, a good look, maybe it looked like one at the time, but there was there was another pass that you could make and, and there's all sorts of you know, what ifs that you can look at in a basketball game. But a lot of the times, you know, some of these shots were just not not within the offense, not within rhythm. And, and these guys aren't, you know, the Wisconsin basketball team, there isn't filled with a lot of athletes that can create those type of shots and make them. It's got to be within the offense and within the rhythm and to be able to knock it down. So I don't know if, I don't know if there's necessarily an offensive adjustment you can make to knock it. Some of the shots weren't falling, but at least you also have to look and say, okay, where's our shot selection is it is it our best possible shot? And and if not, we've got to reevaluate and and in make in game adjustments. I know, I think some of the Greg Gard you know talk is is a little exaggerated, but at the same time, you know, um, they could they could definitely benefit from Greg Gard pulling some of them aside and say, hey, that's that's not your shot. Let's look for something else. And I'm sure that happens, but it's it's got to take the players, you know, figuring that out and getting into their rhythm because right now some of these shots that are going up just it's not their game, and and it's not. It's just going to create problems for you down the line because now you've got to make defensive stops, which you're also struggling with as well. So it's a collective effort. Everyone's got a little bit to blame, but uh, overall, you just got to start making some shots and and make take some cleaner shots um, as you move forward into the rest of this Big Ten schedule. For sure. Um, and another thing that I think popped up a lot was the foul trouble. Wisconsin got into that in the first half where two of their starters, Tyler Wall and Micah Potter, you know, struggled with it. And, and that was that was tough on the team, just kind of 
finding that rhythm um, in a lot of ways. Both those players went on to have decent second halves, but in the first half, you know, they didn't do much at all because they were on the bench. Wall had zero points in the first half because he was he was on the bench so long, and and Micah Potter had three points on one of three shootings. So um, you saw 12 points for them in the second half. So I think that was another thing that really uh, messed with it is that can just kind of derail your entire psyche for, for some of the game, and, and that really hurt them throughout the game at times, I feel, too. Yeah, yeah, that was a big blow for them um, to have both. You know, it's one thing if you've got one of those two in foul trouble to have – you know, if Micah Potter getting into foul trouble, and, and you, know, you can kind of get a rotation of, of Potter, Wall, and Reavers. If you've got two of the three, you know, out there and, and able to play and, and rotate in, you feel pretty good. But if you're forced to sit Wall and Potter, you're going to really be struggling, um, you know, on – yet we talk about the energy level. Tyler Wall's kind of that spark plug energy guy. Micah Potter can be that for you sometimes, especially if he can really get going on the offensive end of the, end of, uh, the court. Defensively, Wall's a pretty solid defender. Potter, I, I would say, is not. So you, maybe on that side, it doesn't affect as well. But to not have both of them for a huge chunk of the game when, when shots are already falling, you're already struggling just scoring the basketball, and, and now you're playing down two really key players, it's tough. So that's definitely something. Some of those fouls were just bad luck, you know, bad timing, and not – you know, wrong place, wrong time, and you pick one up. But uh, you, you definitely need more minutes out of both of those guys because they're big contributors and, and guys that you rely on heavily because there's not a lot of depth without those two in there. Um, you're you're kind of trying to scratch the barrel to, to figure out what combo works to get you through that half. So, again, them with those two sitting so much and only being down seven at halftime is kind of, again, a, a head-scratcher because it didn't feel like it should be that close. But uh, hopefully that can kind of get corrected as you, you move forward this week because you can't can't be playing along, you know, these long stretches of minutes without at least one of those two. And I know fouls happen in basketball, but uh, those guys are, are pretty key that you want to keep them on the floor. For sure. Um, and then, you know, one of the couple bright spots that you might even be able to glean from it was, you know, Nate Reavers looked a lot better in this one. And Aline Ford had a nice stretch there where he made three, three, out of, uh, three straight three-pointers and four possessions. What did you make of what those two were able to do? I think I think Aleem Ford overall the last few games has and really it's been a couple of weeks now he's played pretty well he hasn't had you know a standout performance like he did Saturday uh, but I think he's been a player that consistently has has contributed the way you kind of expect him to of course I think the big positive was was Nate Reavers we've talked about his struggles the last few games and and how impactful he was last year how reliant you are on him this year so to have him have a game that swings him back to at least where he used to be, I think was huge. Um, I, I think if this team's going to move forward and really start to, to knock down shots and play better on the offensive end, he's going to have to be a guy that you know, we've been talking about it for game after game now. He's going to have to pick his game up. I think he did that. He looked like he shook some things off. He was knocking down shots, playing a lot better. So I think his performance was, was really important and also important for this team as they move forward because you're going to need Nate Reavers if you're going to bounce back. And, and he finally started to look like Nate Reavers of last year, which is which is big because last year he was he was a really good player, and this year just hasn't put together. So a trend towards the right direction is definitely, uh, I think, a big positive to take from an otherwise kind of crummy game. Yeah, for sure. I think I think Reavers did did some nice things to kind of push him um, towards um, a good place. He he still got to get that three point shot 
going. It, it's really been a struggle, all Big Ten play for him. Um, and that's a big reason for, for why we're seeing the decreased production from him. But, but he did a lot of other good things. He was one of the only, one of only two guys that had a positive plus minus at plus seven uh, for the game, put it, put in seven or 11 points, which was nice to see. But, um, you know, you, you look at it, he had an air ball from three and it wasn't even mm-hmm. close. So it, there's, there's things he's still working on. I think it was a, a positive step for him. Um, to hopefully get that confidence back because I think that's the number one thing for him right now. And, you know, you know, lean forward hitting a couple threes was, was nice to see as well. Yeah, that's, I would say if there's, if there's positives to take from that game, it's definitely those two, um, you know, having solid games and hopefully Nate Reber's getting back to his usual self that way uh, as you look forward to um, the, the, the rest of the Big Ten season. So, we kind of already touched on the the energy stuff. That's something that we've got to you know certainly get fixed as they move forward. Um, as this team, let's let's talk about what they look like as they move forward. Because of course the loss is bad. I mean you it's it's a conference loss that you didn't expect. You probably shouldn't have had. You're sitting at a three seed right now in the latest bracketology release, which is actually uh, uh, down from the they were on the two seed line in Joe Lenardi's release on Friday, which seemed kind of high to me when I was writing that article on Bucky'sForTheQuarter.com. I was like, man, I cannot believe this team is looked at as a two seed right now, but still in a good position as a, as a three seed. There's a lot of Big Ten teams vying for that three to seven seed um, right now, and it can really shake out a lot of different ways. So I know the losses have been bad over these last couple of weeks, but where does this team go from here in your eyes as they sit in a still favorable position? Oh, honestly, I think that game at Maryland now is pretty much a must-win if you're you're wanting to meet the goals that you that they've set ahead of themselves going into the season. Um, I think it's an it's a game where you can avenge that loss in Madison um, against a team that is very beatable for the Badgers if they can get their kind of energy going. But I, I think these next three games are really really big. Brad Davidson talked about it that they they got to be able to string together some wins. Here we haven't seen it really from the Badgers. You see, you see a couple wins and then a loss. You see a couple wins and then a loss. It's it's been pretty pretty consistent here that it's in Big Ten play. They've won, won two in a row, won, lost one. Won two in a row, lost one. Won two in a row, lost one. So now can they make it three in a row and go into Champaign um, with a chance to you know make it four in a row? I think that's what this team needs. Is we saw just how. Well, they did late last season when they kind of went on that winning streak. I, I think these three games are all ones that you can go to kind of get that net crack and get right and uh, have the opportunity to do so. But it's but it's not going to be easy, especially that first one against Maryland. No, certainly not going to be easy, and they're going to need to. We you need to bring the energy on the road. Uh, that's going to be a good test for them as they look to avenge that loss. It's going to be one that they need to. But, yeah, I think I think stringing some W's together is going to be important here. You saw last year this team kind of, you know, hit the dirt and hit a low point, and then, you know, they, they buckled their chin straps and said, all right, well, they're, they're, they're going to try and go on a run here. They rattled off some wins. They're playing their best basketball um, before the world turns on its head with, with COVID that way. So I think if there's, it's probably time for this team to look themselves in the mirror and say, all right, you know, we, we've had a season that has been certainly had some ups, it's had some downs, but now it's time to, to start rattling off some wins. So I, I think, like you mentioned, a must win at Maryland to avenge that loss I think would be huge in, in a lot of people's eyes. And then, you know, putting together a couple more is, is going to be important. And, and if you could go into – uh, that game against Illinois uh, on a nice little win streak and pick up a road win there, all of a sudden 
things are turning in the right direction. So it, it's not all doom and gloom for Wisconsin basketball right now. They've got plenty of opportunities ahead of them, but it's probably got to start right now. It can't be another couple wins and a loss. It, it needs to be, you know, we're, we're getting deep into big, big Ten play now. Let's start winning some basketball games. We've got to knock off uh, some of these uh, opponents and these Big Ten foes to to really set ourselves up for a strong, hopefully, Big Ten tournament and, and into March. You know, if you could sit on that three-seed line at year's end, I think you'd be in a really good spot uh, moving forward here. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody at season end would be pretty pumped to have a three-seed. Um, I don't think they're necessarily playing like a three-seed right mm-hmm. now, but at the same time, I think they have the talent to be a three-seed or, or even higher, possibly. But, but I think a three-seed is definitely within reach if they're able to kind of uh, figure out some of these energy issues and, and shooting droughts that have really plagued them. All right, guys, that wraps up our basketball portion of the show. We'll get into some football talk, but stick with us first through a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into our safety position discussion. All right, we've talked plenty of basketball. Let's talk a little football here. We'll continue on with our uh, position preview review for the 2020 season. We'll talk about the safety position uh, today. But before we get into that, rumblings of a 2022 commit. I know there's been some rumors on who, but uh, uh, we haven't seen anything confirmed uh, out there. But what do you make of the rumblings of a possible commitment to that 2022 class? I think the biggest thing right now is to get some momentum going for that class, um, regardless of who it is. I mean, a lot, an in-state prospect would make a ton of sense just because of, of everything going on with COVID and an inability to go visit schools. But but you look at it, Wisconsin's had commitments at by this time of the year, the last uh, three cycles at least. So I, I think getting you know the ball rolling on that would be would be huge. They had Braylon Allen at one point. Um, in, in, in the fold, he, he opted to reclassify, so it's not like they haven't gotten a 2022 commit before, but you can see that uh, both uh, Braylon Allen and Marcus Allen are, are hitting the recruiting uh, trail pretty hard for the Badgers in this 2022 class, um, and, and I, I think it should be positive news here coming soon, hopefully, for the Badgers. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, we we just it seems like they just kind of finished up with that 2021 class and, and getting that group ready and and get some of them now on campus and now the attention kind of turns to that 2022 group and there's a lot of talent in that group and in that class. But um, I'm hoping for some good news. I know we don't want to, of course, say any names without having some sort of substantiated fact, but I think there's there's definitely positives for Wisconsin in that class. It's a good group. Uh, of course, the in-state talent, like you mentioned, is is probably what makes the most sense right now and, and right here, given the situation. But this group is is really depth. You know, the depth of this in-state class is is really strong. So it'd be nice for Wisconsin to get the ball rolling and and start it off uh, on a strong foot and and get the some pieces of this class put together. Because the earlier you can nail down some of these big names, it allows you to to figure out your path forward as you try to fill out the rest of the class. So. I think uh, if they could land a big commit here, put uh, a lot of Badger fans with some excitement as they look forward in that recruiting portion of the football season. So, all right, let's talk some position preview review. We've talked defensive line. We've talked cornerbacks. We'll stick with the defense. We'll finish the back half off here. Um, Let's talk the safety position because I think it's a, a group and a position that was strong coming into this year. There were some question marks, but I think they got answered. And now next year, 
looks pretty good once again. So before we do the look ahead to next year, let's talk about this year. Eric Burrell was, of course, uh, kind of the leader of the secondary leader of this defense for the last few seasons. Really, I think a guy that was a really solid Badger, and, and you look when you look a couple of years when you look at his career, I think you're going to probably see that maybe he was a little bit underrated in terms of what he did. So, what did you make of of Eric Burrell's career? Just how good of a Badger was he in that back uh, secondary for Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, I think he he was a guy that uh, you know throughout his career made some nice plays. Uh, specifically in his sophomore and junior year. You know, I, I think he had a really good senior year as well, but it was kind of abbreviated just because of COVID, only playing in seven games. But but you look at sophomore, junior year, he was, he was kind of always around the ball making some nice splash plays. He had, he's had four foot fumble or forced fumbles over the course of his career, two fumble recoveries, had four interceptions, had a couple sacks. I mean, he, he's a guy who, who did some really nice things for the Badgers over the course of his career. And I think – um, you know, was was big when you lost Reggie Pearson to have him emerge. And when you look at uh, back in 2019 when they lost um, Scott Nelson and he kind of just stepped into that role, even though it appeared that Scott Nelson coming out of the camp was probably going to be your starter, um, he, he, he kept his head up and was ready to roll and, and earn that starting job after, after uh, Nelson went down. So I think he had a really good career. I think you look at that interception he had against uh, Minnesota as a really big moment for him and, and a nice, uh, you know, cap off to his his career in Madison. Yeah, I think he was really a, a Badger that that I think he gets plenty of credit for the plays he made, but at the same time, you you look at the safety position for Wisconsin over the past however many years, you don't have a ton of of players that you really speak super highly of in terms of stats and the way he played. So I think Eric Burrell is definitely a guy that is going to be up there when you look back at it. And he, he made a lot of big plays. They won a lot of games with him there. And, and he was definitely a focal point uh, for that defense as they uh, moved forward these last few seasons. He's been a really big bright spot. And I think he'll be missed as not only you know on the field as a player, but off the field. He was a really strong leader for this team and a really good teammate from everything that we've kind of heard and read. So um, I'm hoping to see him get a chance at the, at the next level and, and get a good shot because I think he's a, a really talented player and a, a really good badger that he's, you know, with the career he's put together. So you mentioned Reggie Pearson. We've talked a little bit Scott Nelson. Um, Scott Nelson was a guy coming into this year that was maybe the question mark of the, of the secondary in that safety position. You knew what he had earlier in his career as a freshman, but – he came off that injury a long time off of, of not playing football, but really came on strong, especially in the back half. He was he was a really good player this past year. Kind of answered all those questions that you had. So how good was that to see after so much time off for him, and how big will that be for him next year? Yeah, I mean, he, he was a guy that we both voted for most improved because I thought he did a lot better job tackling. Um, that was something he really struggled with uh, as a redshirt freshman uh, when he earned the starting not in twenty. Uh, in 2018, and, and and so you look at this uh, this past year, and, and really uh, the last three games, he, he was all over the field, did some some nice things. Five tackles against Iowa, five tackles against Minnesota, five tackles against Wake, um, three two tackles for locks in that time, um, and, as well as the interception against Wake Forest. He he was playing really really well. 
good football, kind of, I think he was getting back to being healthy. Um, you know, you look at sometimes ro- lower leg injuries and, and knee injuries, and it takes a while to recover from that. And I think he's going to be better next year. He can cover a, a hell of a lot of ground at, at six foot two, six three, and a little over 200 pounds back there. And I, I think he's a guy that I think is going to have a really good uh, senior, senior year next season, or I guess it's junior when you consider that, you know, eligibility clock didn't even move last year. But I think it was really nice to see the, the progression he made and, and really how um, he was flying all over the field and, and making some nice plays there and was aggressive. You saw when he was in 2018, you saw him um, sometimes allow the, the back or the ball carrier to come to him when he was tackling them. And, and you saw him actually, um, you know, dictating things and, and being um, the, the first to initiate contact this past year, which I think is big for his progression as a, as a safety. Yeah, and it's, it's big not only for him, but also for just the structure of this team and, and this defense. If, you know, with Eric Burrell departing, Reggie Pearson, I mean, he's still a little bit unknown. You hope to have him back. But if Scott Nelson came out this year and didn't play well and was, was kind of an area of concern, all of a sudden you're looking at that safety position and you're kind of maybe you're a little bit more worried than you initially expected. But after the year Nelson had, it, it's really went from – a possible concern to probably a position of strength if Scott Nelson is you can keep that play up if Reggie Pearson can come back and play and be the player and he's, he kind of steps into that Scott Nelson role where you're not sure you know the player that he is before everything happened but you still got to see it on the field as he moves forward but if he can come back Scott Nelson can play that way Colin Wilder a guy that had a good season as well it, it, that could be a really strong group um, if they play up to their potential so Kind of speaking on that, you've got Nelson, you'll have Wilder back, possibly Reggie Pearson as well. How good do you think this unit could be, and is there any other names that you think, I mean, you look at the roster, there's a couple names I think that could make uh, an impact if they had good springs and good falls, but who are some names that fans should be aware of? Yeah, I mean, for the first part, I, I think if 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 you get Pearson back, I think I feel a lot better about the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you got to like what you see in Colin Wilder and Scott Nelson as a couple guys that can some, do some nice things. I think Wilder will probably play strong. Um, he, he was third on the team in tackles this past season. I'm guessing Nelson, who played some strong, played some free, will probably slide over to, to take Burrell's spot at free safety um, because he can cover a little bit more ground than Wilder and is a little lengthier. But I, I think the big thing behind them is kind of some of the depth that's there. Um, you look at the roster and, and what they had last year. You lose Dante Caputo, who was uh, Caputo, who was a walk-on kid. Um, you know that's probably not going to hurt you that much. But then you have some some younger guys. Titus Toller, where's he at after um, getting injured for a big chunk of the season? Um, he had that nice interception against Michigan, but then was was you know, absent for the rest of the year due to injury. John Torchio, I think, is another walk-on that the staff really likes and has done some nice things in limited action the past two seasons. But then I, I think the re- the real players to watch here are the the true freshmen coming in. Braylon Allen, we talked about what he's doing on the recruiting front, but, I mean, he's a he's a physical specimen and, and should be um, a guy who's going to start out at probably strong safety, and we'll see if he – um, continue to, to stay there if he ends up at linebacker. But he's a guy who I think can help them out even as early as this year on special teams because he is so physically gifted. And then Hunter Wohler, who I think is probably going to be groomed to be your your next draw, uh, free safety, 
Um, I think he's a guy, he's, he's a ball hawk, hard hitter, can, similar to, to Nelson in terms of he's a bigger kid that can cover a lot of ground. But, but I think he is, he is the best safety prospect that they've brought in in some time. I don't think anybody can look at it, any of the safeties that the Badgers have been bringing in um, and said, yeah, oh, this kid's a surefire, um, you know, all Big Ten type guy. And I, I honestly think that Hunter Wohler is um, one of the best recruits they've gotten out of the state in a long while. I think he is the, the best uh, secondary player that the Badgers have had in and I, I think he's going to have a really good career. I don't know if it'll be right away that he'll be, you know, playing a ton, but he's another guy that I think could could see some some playing time, uh, whether it be in spot duty or whether it be in special teams as early as the freshman season. Yeah, I think if you look at the way, you know, some of these position groups, if you look at it, like, you know, take Chimray DK, for example, came in as a, as a freshman and jumped ahead of, some of these sophomores and juniors on the roster and, and played a lot. So you could definitely have a situation like that where just simply put the and, – and even kind of the same thing, Jalen Berger coming in and playing over guys like Nikia Watson. Sometimes the you, you recruit some of these guys, and if they don't work out and you've got younger guys ready to go, um, you could certainly see that situation happen at that safety position with, with Hunter Roller and Braylon Allen. If, if those guys are ready to go and, and ready to play – they could hop over the likes of a, of a Travion Blaylock and, and some of these, you know, of course, Torchio and Titus Toller. It's still guys that have potential and, and they can battle it out. You've got three safeties in, in Nelson and uh, in, in Wilder and, and hopefully Pearson that you can lean on as starters, but there's still some unknowns there. We'd like to have uh, another guy maybe established and in the rotation. So yeah, I could certainly see it being, you know, the likes of Braylon Allen, Hunter Wohler, Titus Tolers, he looked like a guy that coming out of high school had had some strength to his game, but still got to see it at the next level. So there's there's names out there, but uh, I could also see um, some of those freshmen coming in and, and maybe playing right away. You know, this time last year we were talking about um, you know Chimray DK maybe coming in to be a guy who who contributed a little bit. He ended up being a really big factor for the Badgers, so I could certainly see that being the back end of the defense and having some of those younger guys worked into the fold if if they're proved they're ready, because Jim Leonard's not going to be afraid to, to play you if you're ready to go. He doesn't really care the, the grade or the status that you've got in, in that regard. If you're ready to go, you're ready to go, and you're going to be out there. Yeah, another guy to, to keep an eye out for is Travion Blaylock. He was, he's bounced between corner and safety, but he's, he's, a, he's a, got the bloodlines. His dad played in the NFL for a long time. Is he a guy who kind of puts it together? Um, he was a redshirt sophomore this past year. Um, you know, eligibility clockwise is probably still a sophomore, but might be a junior. He, can he make a nice leap and, and get into some playing time as well? We've seen him do some things on special teams. Um, but but I think the the group overall, the safety room has a really good foundation for next year, especially if Pearson's back. But then I think the future is really bright for the position as well when you look at two four-star kids coming in that are um, already have really strong communication skills with one another and uh, a strong relationship, that's huge at the back half of your defense, um, especially when a guy like uh, Hunter Wohler has, has basically never lost in his high school career. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be – I think the, the future of that position is, is probably at its highest point right now when you talk about those two. I mean – Wisconsin football has had some really good cornerbacks that they've recruited and landed in that pipeline. Safety has sometimes been a position that they haven't done super well at. You're normally not seeing four-star safeties coming to Wisconsin, and of course it helps that they're in-state guys, but I think the talent level 
Um, you know, whether they were from Wisconsin or outside of the state is, is really high. I think you've got a lot to be excited about for that position um, as they move forward. And, and I can't wait to see what they can bring uh, to the field. I think it's a group that has a lot of potential and, and it's really bolstered uh, by some incoming freshmen that I think are, are going to be big players, whether it be next year or, um, you know, down the road in their careers. So, all right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed a little basketball talk. A little football talk as we try and ease the pain from a somewhat rough weekend of Wisconsin sports. So uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week on Wisconsin.